Welcome to the One Badass Working Mother podcast. I'm Katherine Ferguson, and in this podcast, we talk about the relationship between work, motherhood, and everything in between. You guys, you're in for a treat today with my podcast guest. Amy Dankeese is a mom of two and the co-founder of Inkling's Baby, which makes toys and books for kids that are uniquely different from pretty much everything else you see on the shelves today. Amy and I actually go way back, and you can hear in my voice just how casual I am, so please excuse the extra likes peppered throughout. I'm sorry, I am a kid of the 80s and 90s. I am working on it. Amy's story is so refreshing because it's a testament to not having a long-term plan mapped out, which I think is the standard advice we grow up hearing, but something that I also think can keep a lot of women stuck. Because if you don't have a plan, then you're not prepared, or you'll fail, or you're not in control, right? But Amy talks about how she left her job in fashion at the height of her career because of the toll it was taking on her. So she left with just enough of a plan to get her started. You'll hear about the series of unplanned events that played a huge part in leading her down a new career path, one that eventually led her to start Inklings via a Kickstarter with her best friend and husband. That was just two years ago, and at the time of recording, Inklings is currently in Target for the 2020 holiday season. So it just goes to show how much can happen when you stay open to possibilities and let events unfold, perhaps in ways you weren't planning or expecting. Amy is hysterical, and I think you'll be laughing along with me as you listen. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and without further ado, here is Amy. Let's see if this is recording. It's recording. Yeah, no, this is when I get awkward, and I'm like, hello, welcome to the podcast. But no, now we are recording. For anyone listening, this is Amy Antizzi. (laughs) (laughs) And Amy is an old friend and also the founder of Inklings, which we're going to hear about. But... So actually, what I meant to say before we started recording, but now it's fine that we are recording, is I was thinking about when we were all living in the New York area well before we had kids. And I feel like you and I always used to have conversations about jobs and careers, and we were always kind of had a healthy questioning or I don't want to say disdain, but I'll use that word because nothing else is coming to mind, but kind of just like a healthy questioning of like where we fit in and like really what we wanted long-term. So now it's funny to remember those conversations now all those years later that we each have two kids, you're on an hour and a half of sleep with a toddler, (laughs) both having gone in drastically different directions from where we started out. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you. (laughs) Sure. That long intro. (laughs) Um, Amy Dankeese. I'm one of the co-founders of Inkling's Baby, which is a soft toy and infant novel, AKA board book company that we just launched at Target for the holidays this season. Um, Ooh, yeah. Everybody's like, you're in Target. You made it. I'm like, no, not really. Not yet. (laughs) It's like, we're in there for like seven weeks um, and we'll see how we do. So we, Inkling, started with a Kickstarter in 2018 to fund the production of our first character, which is Ollie the Oddball Oddbird. My best friend, Lex, who's been my best friend since freshman year of high school, is a writer and she wrote the books. So she wrote the first book, Evie and Ollie, about my daughter, Evie. Since then, we've created two more new characters, which are also at Target, and then we're working on our next two now. So it's been kind of a quick, crazy journey. Obviously, a lot has happened in between that, but yeah, that's kind of the quick gist of, of where we are right now. Okay, so that's awesome. So yes, congratulations <laughs> on being in Target, which is interesting because, right, because so many people probably, if they're thinking about doing something like this, and it's like, if you make it into Target, like you've made it, and it's like, oh, yeah. yes, you have, but like, Obviously, no. <laughs> once you get there, there are probably 
things you're dealing with, just like for historical reference, like you obviously didn't start out a toy designer with ambitions to get to Target, or maybe you no. did. So tell us a little bit like where you started career-wise and like sure. what that progression looked like. Um, yes, definitely nowhere in my dream or vision board was toy, toy company at Target, but <laughs> I went to Drexel in Philly. That's where I met my husband, Chris. And I worked in fashion kind of pretty much from the get-go once I got out, mainly in accessory product development. So at Coach, Kate Spade, DVF. And then I was working and my older sister had just had my niece, Tess. She was like our first baby in the family. And I was like, well, like, what am I going to do if I have a kid? (laughs) Because I was working so much and I was traveling to China and Italy and you know, I'd have meetings till 11 o'clock at night at work. I'm like, well, how does this work? Like if you have a kid. So I sort of started kind of churning that in my head. Meanwhile, I was also super burnt out. I was like, if I make another black leather handbag, I just, I'm just going to jump off a cliff. Like there's, <laughs> this is insane. Like there's just, it's the same every season, just with a different pop color. So I got really burnt out. And then at the same time, I was kind of having, I don't say health issues, but I was so stressed that I wasn't getting my period and I was like 29 years old and it just kept happening. And so I was like, well, also if, if I want kids, how can I have them? So I was like, let's just kind of look into this. And I went to a fertility specialist and she checked me all out. They took like 300 vials of blood, did all sorts of procedures. And she was like, yeah, you're, you have like a million eggs. There's nothing physically wrong with you. She's like, you're just stressed and you're not ovulating. And that's just one of the side effects. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, that's all we could think of. I was like, cool. So I'm so stressed that I don't get my period ever. Like it was like every year on my gynecologist department, she's like, I'm like, so I haven't had it. Yeah, it's been like nine months. So (laughs) help me out. Um, So yeah, so I was like, well, I'm not going to let this job dictate my life, you know? I'm like my career goal being VP and it's like I'm VP making black leather handbags and I still, I don't have a family. I don't have a baby because it was so stressful. Like this is crazy. So I was like, I'm done. I'm going to quit my job and see what happens. And that's what I did. So my dad lost his mind. He was like, what are you doing? Who quits a good job like this for nothing? So I was like, no dad, like I just, I know it. It's in my gut. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm just supposed to take a step back and and just kind of take care of me. So I did. And then took about a year, took about two years and I got my period. And then I was like, okay, took a year to get my period, like finally, and then a year to get pregnant. And so I was like, okay, see, this was like the right choice. And in the meantime, I did like a pop-up shop in Montclair, two long-term ones for like seven months and nine months. I was busy. It wasn't like I was just sitting around de-stressing and I just wanted to, I needed a career change. I needed to try something else. And it just timing wise worked out. So Chris was making furniture for the shop and we were having gallery nights and I was kind of in a completely different area than I was obviously in fashion. And I loved it. I love meeting new people. I love making things. And I was like, okay, this is great. So we did that. And then I got pregnant with Evie and I was like, well, I can't really run a shop, you know, breastfeeding my kid every few hours with, (laughs) you know, like in a retail setting. So I was, and it was a pop-up shop. So it all kind of like you know, flowed from there and it, you know, pop-up ended. I spent some time with Evie and then Inkling sort of started to come to fruition just from drinking wine every Friday night with my best friend Lex. So that's how it flowed. I mean, you would never draw that as like next steps. Like that's definitely not a straight line to anything. But if I hadn't like made that conscious choice to take care of me and potentially whatever we wanted for the future, then none of this 
would have happened. And I find that a lot of, you know, I'm, I have two kids now, I'm 38. And a lot of women, a lot of my friends, they're having problems getting pregnant. And it's like, because we need to take a step back, you know, like sometimes you just, if this is what you really want, you can't just wish for it as hard as you can. You need to take a step back and say, what do I need? What, what's going to make me chill out? Because stress does crazy things to us. So I think, you know, we're all under immense amount of pressure. Obviously right now this year has been bananas. So I just think everybody, you know, easier said than done, but everybody just needs to take a step back and be like, what, what do I need? And not just whether it's from the physical, mental, emotional, that's what, you know, life is short. We got to, you know, we got to take care of us because from that so many great things can happen. But if we just keep pushing along, I think it just doesn't pan out the way we want it to. I totally agree. And I think that so many people are living with such a high level of stress. It's like they don't even realize they're so stressed. You said you went to the doctor and she's like, you're stressed and that is the problem. And you're like, oh, I am. And I can I mean, remember going to, to like doctors, are you stressed? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not stressed. What do you mean? I'm like, but it's true. It's, I think we're so like habituated to living with such high levels of stress that we don't even realize how much better we could feel, how much better things could be. But I'm curious, you were talking about so that you decided to leave very well-established career in fashion just take a step back. But and when you say it, it's kind of easy to kind of like say like, I quit, then I did this, then I did this. In that in-between period, before you started your pop-up shop, mm-hmm. how did that happen? And I asked because I think there's probably a lot of women in your situation who are like, I need to take a step back, but then what? What? Yeah, then what? So like, how did that happen? So I had been planning on it for a while and I was working at Reed Krakoff, which was the spinoff of coach, which was a job I love. That's the job I got to travel. We did the fashion shows and our say, I could tell I'm in our place in our production units and I could see the numbers going. And I was like, this isn't, I mean, we're not going up. So <laughs> like, you know, I was like, it all kind of like made sense to me. So I was like, all right, I gave them a heads up. I said, this is, I, I want to end the end of August. That's, I want to quit essentially. And I gave them a really long time to find my replacement. And I, in the meantime, you know, obviously looked at finances, having, making sure we had enough to live, you know, to take care of whatever we need to take care of. That's so I wouldn't be super stressed. And that made, you know, that would obviously defeat the point. And we made adjustments, uh, much like to what everyone's been doing this past year with COVID. Like you got to make adjustments, you know, no more shopping at Whole Foods. Hello, Aldi's, which I love Aldi's. So that's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like, why wouldn't anyone shop at Aldi's? It's like the best. You don't have to worry about choices. There's like one thing of strawberries. Like, that's it. Just eliminate um, the stress of making this. Yeah, decision. I mean, come on. Anyway, so I kind of thought, you know, Chris and I were doing that furniture. We started an Etsy shop with it, and we were kind of doing it on the side. And I was like, you know, maybe I just – I know I can't go from, like, 60 to zero. I can't go from working all those hours and just sitting home. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I was like, what if I get a retail job? Because if I want to potentially have a pop-up shop or if I want to kind of make this furniture thing work – I don't have any retail experience except for high school. So I went and worked at Restoration Hardware for like four or five months. And of course I went big and like tried, they like were like come full time. I'm like, that's not really the point of this, but whatever, you know, like, so I was like, of course I couldn't slow down, but I was like, no, no, let me just do this. Let's see how I, you know, kind of get more comfortable talking to people and kind of see the other side of it. Make me see if this is something I actually want to do. So I did that from like September through Christmas. And then we serendipitously did a fair, like a a maker's fair in Montclair. And that's when we illegally parked our Jeep in this parking lot in front of this old, like abandoned building on Walnut Street, which is like the the perfect street. And we met the owner and he's like, oh, you got to move your car. We're like, oh, sorry, blah, blah, blah. 
or like your building's amazing. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, we're, um, we bought it. We're going to tear it down and build a house. I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. He's like, but it's going to be a while. I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, you want to rent it? I'm like, yeah. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how we started the pop-up shop. So it was one of those, if we didn't illegally park our Jeep and if we didn't, you know, randomly talk to the guy and he turns out to be a veterinarian and we have two rescue pups and it just was one of those like universe aligned and gave you exactly what you needed at the right time. So I'm not like a crazy woo-woo person, but I definitely believe that if the universe provides, you just have to A, see the signs, be open and move when it, when it does. Yeah, you got to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. So then it was full speed ahead with the pop-up shop, which I just dove into. So again, not a straight line to anything, like who knew, but yeah. So that's kind of how I made that jump. Obviously that whole time I was doing like, reading every blog about everything, you know, like how do I run a business, like all sorts of things, like just things I didn't know. I was trying to just absorb as much information as possible so that I would you know, be good at it and not fail. But yeah, so that's kind of the, the jump there. And again, you, you just don't know. It was just one of those, keep it moving, see what comes up and can't plan for it. So that, that last thing you said, I think is what stood out the most to me about your story. One, the universe provides, you got a little woo in you. A little yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I do like Gabby Bernstein, so yeah. Okay, yeah, you got a little woo in you. But two, I think what's like the most important thing that stood out to me is that like you didn't have a 27-point plan. I'm taking a step back and this is exactly what I want to do. This is exactly where I want to go. Like you had a plan, but just enough to kind of keep it moving, as you said. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really important because, and I'm speaking too, also from like my experience and just like so many people that I know, it's like they hesitate making any type of decision, even if they're stressed out to the point they're not getting their period to for a year because they're like, but I don't know what. And I think what I really like about your story is that you didn't really know either. You just knew enough to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. And then we'll see what happens. And I just think that's really not to gloss over that because that opened up the doors. Like the universe opened up and was like, here is this next step. Yeah. Which if you were like drilling down on this plan, you might not it would never, no, right. that would have not been a notch on my to-do list. But I will say that obviously I didn't have my kids at that point yet because I was working on it. And also I was super like naive and green, which I still say now with inklings, like when we talked to people, we had a meeting with a licensing partner and I'm like, so how does this work? Like, I'm so green. I don't like, I'm like, okay, like I'm so brand new and fresh. So it's like, I just don't know. So, it, you know, it's just like every day I feel like there's another opportunity for me to, to kind of figure something out. And I don't go into it nervous like because that whole no, super, no questions, a stupid question or whatever it is. I mean, that's not hundred percent true, but sometimes you get the best explanation and you kind of see what the other person, their true intentions are. If you go super simple, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, just ask, what is How does this work? What does this mean? Like, what do we, you know, super basic, but I was able to do it then now, no sleep and you know, <laughs> buying diapers and like all that. It's a, it's a little bit of a different vibe. But, exactly. Yeah. But also the value of being green is that you're not operating against this set of rules of what you think you should do because you're just like, and, I don't know any better. So like, let yeah. me ask and figure it out. And I think that's such a huge asset. And it allows you to be hopeful and optimistic, but not to say that people weren't like, you're batshit crazy. Like, what did you do? <laughs> and 
I was, you know, I would always have that in my ear, like people kind of being like, like, you're going to go back. And I was like, I don't, I mean, if it doesn't work, yeah, I can go back. It's not like I just shut the door in my whole career, but I wanted to try this like while I'm, you know, young and stupid. So, but when I was at the shop, I never forget this one guy. He's like an artist. He came in. I never saw him again after this, but he came in and we were talking and I was saying, you know, my dad's just like kind of on me, like doesn't understand. And he said, it's not you stepping out of the box that makes people uncomfortable. He's like, that's not what bothers people. It's that you remind them that they're in the box. Mm-hmm. He's like, and they can't handle that. He's like, so remember, it's not about you. It's about them. And I was like, oh, okay. And like that, that thought process is literally applies to everything in life, whether if somebody's jealous or somebody's like, I wish I did that for my kids or whatever it is. Like, it's not always about you. It's usually something that has to do with them that they need to work through. And, you know, you can't control that. So mm-hmm. I, I always think of that when I make crazy leaps like this. <laughs> but it's like, I don't want to be on my deathbed and say, man, I should have done that. Man, I should have, I should have took, taken that target order. I, I, you know, like I, I just, who cares? No, exactly. And that, it reminds me of something I just heard within this whole crazy election cycle we just went through that we're still kind of in the middle of. Yeah, but still happening. It's yeah. still happening. Um, it's November 23rd for historical reference. Things depending on whenever anybody listens to this. But I heard something on the news that I just think applies to what you just said, that they were analyzing the women's vote from 2016 and discussing Mm. it in relationship to the number of women that voted for Hillary Clinton. And I can't remember who said this or where I heard it, but it struck me. And they said that there were so many women who didn't vote for Hillary because Hillary was a representation of everything they hadn't done, they hadn't become, they hadn't Mm -hmm. tried. And it was was like a threatening to them in some way because she was like the manifestation of everything they were not, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And sad and like all of the things all wrapped into one but I think that's exactly right like what that stranger in the store said to you all those years it's uh, years ago it's not about you it's about what people are making it mean about them and unfortunately I think you know I've older sister younger sister and you know my mom was super independent and like strong she was strong personality and so we were we were raised you got to a, you take care of your siblings, the most important people in your life, but you got to take care of each other. You got to take care of women. You got to support women because we don't do that. You know, it's, it's always so competitive. I was just listening. <laughs> I was just listening to Beyonce's, uh, one of the albums I forget. And it was the one rap section. And it, she says, um, like all about feminism and how we're, we are raised to compete with each other for, for everything, right? Obviously the first thing is marriage, but it's like, we're raised to compete with each other not to support each other. We need to do that. That's, I mean, I'm, you know, we need to help each other out because if anything, this motherhood thing has taught me is it is hard. And if anything, this COVID year has told me is, man, do I need help? Like, oh man, once you remove that, you're like, how am I going to make it? So that's why we just have to, we have to support each other more because no one else is, I mean, no, no one else is going to take care of us. And that's the election. Obviously race is huge. And, uh, just gay rights is huge. And my best friend Lex, my business partner is also, she's a lesbian. So like the gay thing is huge with us, but women's rights is on the tape. It's, I mean, it's a huge part of what's happening right now. And we need to remember that as we have daughters and sons and we raise them to be good people. Like this is huge and we need to pay attention. And Mm -hmm. the, the loss of RBG is, 
will be felt. I mean, I don't, I can't even think about it. It's just mm -hmm. devastating. It's, it's really, I mean, I, like we're at such a turning point right now and it's, I don't think any of us really remember a time where you can like see the history books being written, like as everything's happening. It's just, it's crazy. And we could probably talk about all of this stuff for a long time, but I want yeah. to get back to, <laughs> and the I, I want to get and back to, so you're running a pop-up shop. Like yes. I, I basically, so then, so you went from like pressing research on your entire career and then you had kids. Yeah. Like, so kind of like in the midst of like this career, like reinvention that you were in the middle of, and then you had mm -hmm. kids. So how did that change things? Well, obviously it changed things a lot, but the timing was kind of perfect because the pop-up shop was ending. We ended it in January and then Evie was born on, in March in St. Patty's. So I was like, all right. I, the one thing that scared me, obviously, when I was working in the city and I saw, you know, all these moms rushing home, trying to, you know, take the train to Jersey at four to, to try and see their kids. I was like, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to work three months. Like I just, I, I want to, I want to be with my kid. And again, if you have to make sacrifices and that's, we'll figure it out, but it was really important to me. So, you know, and I had said this before, I spent the first year and a half with Evie. She was my shadow. She went everywhere with me. Like, you know, we had a client meeting for, you know, building a custom table for our furniture business. Evie came with me. I was like, oh, here she is. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, was, I just kind of incorporated her into my life and I was really fortunate that way. But then kind of time hit and she was ready for daycare and I was ready to make money. So I went back to work when she was around 18 months. I just consulted in the city with Kate Spade four days a week, which of course also then took an intense turn and you know, I was working a lot and I went to Vietnam when I was pregnant with Gabe when I was like four months, four or five months pregnant, you know, like, of course it's like, you just get wrapped into these things, but I loved it. But our lives changed. Like I woke up with her at five, five thirty. She's an early bird. And I didn't see her, you know, when I got home, cause I didn't get home till like eight, eight thirty, and she was asleep. But then we had Friday, Saturday and Sunday and it really, it did work. Like it, it was great. And then, you know, prior to that, during that point, I realized I was pregnant with Gabe. I was like, oh, all right. So here we are. <laughs> this is happening. So now I'm like at this new job <laughs> consulting and I'm pregnant. I was like, oh God. So I did that. So I worked there for like almost a year, like less than that, like probably 10 months. And then uh, and I had Gabe and same thing. I'm like, well, I don't, now I got two kids. It's even harder. So I was like, let me kind of, you know, stop the consulting thing and then we'll figure it out. But luckily that's when I really got, was able to stay and focus on Inklings. Right. So it kind of, cause that, that during that, you know, that 2019, I, I wasn't really doing too much with Inklings just cause I was working so much and then like wanting to see my kids, my kid and stuff. So yeah. So then Gabe was born in September and then it was like gung ho on Inklings. And then we did Toy Fair that following February, this past February, right before COVID. So it's just, okay. it's been like a crazy, yeah. The timeline is just does nothing makes any sense. Like when I, when I tell people how this worked, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, so to Kickstarter 2018, then you um, went back in to March. Work. And I was like, and then, yeah. And then I went back to work for like a year and then I had my son and then we like worked again. And then in February of 2020, we went to Toy Fair and that's where we met the Target baby buyer. So oh. it's just, you know, like there's just, and again, that was going back to my woo woo side. We met the Target Paper Buyer at, Boy at Toy Fair, and thank God we did because we made, made a ton of specialty buyers, which is who I'm initially going after. Um, you know, Learning Express Morristown carried us. I was like, okay, well, this is, we're going to go this direction because mm -hmm. who knows when we're going to go into mass. And was on our list, obviously, at some point maybe to do something with Target. 
and the universe, you know, again, aligned and provided that opportunity. So I, I truly believe you ask, you put it out there and you, you know, you do the work and you're open, it'll, it'll get you what you need. It doesn't get you, you know, super success, but it'll get you like at least your foot in the door. You got to take it from there. So yeah, so that's where we are right now. And so now Gabe is home with me still because he's 14 months and I, you know, he's nap time right now. So we're doing this while he's napping because, you know, he's got to catch up on his beauty sleep. Uh, <laughs> someone asked him. He only slept an hour and a half last night. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> you know. No, never. Yeah. And so here we are. And now I just work on things as much as I can full time and we'll see what happens. If the target thinks success, great. If not, maybe I go back to work in the city. You know what I mean? Once the city opens up. But yeah, who knows? But do you know what? I think your perspective is really refreshing, right? Because it's like you said, it's like you're kind of, you have this plan, but you're kind of holding it loosely and you're kind of going with the flow, right? As opposed to trying to like what you said at the beginning, like fit your life into work. You're kind of just slowly piecing it together and designing it as it goes along. And that probably doesn't always feel great, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just thinking it like compared to like, can you imagine your life still working your VP job or whatever you would have been now? Yeah, no. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have had kids. And I, it's funny, I, when I went back to work, when I was consulting and I had, I had a team of, you know, 24 year olds, right? And so <laughs> they're, they're, it's that, that's that age, it's that part in their career where like they've worked for a couple of years. So like now they know everything, you know? So, <laughs> and I remember I was like that. I was like that in coach. And I, I remember going through it and then afterwards saying to my boss, I'm really sorry. Like I, I, I got over that hump and I, I looked back and reflected and thought, wow, what a little shit I was thinking. <laughs> I was so like, I knew everything and I should go to every meeting. You know what I mean? So anyway, so my perspective was completely different after taking a break and having Evie and then going back to work. And I was just like, okay guys, like we, we need to stop crying at work. Like every, every office has a crying room. We know that, right? Like every, every, especially in fashion, I was like, but we need to figure this out. Okay. If we don't laugh, we cry. So like, we just, we need to figure this out. So my perspective was completely different on managing a team. And I think I was a hundred million percent better at my job after taking that break and having Evie and going back. But I, I also did, it wasn't the end of the world, you know, this shipment's late. Okay. Well, we're going to have like a thousand more shipments that are late. We just, we can't lose our, we can't lose it every time this happens. Like we just need to figure it out and move forward. So just being more mature and having more life experience just made me much better at, at that, that part of my job. But I, I just laughed at that team. Oh my God. I was <laughs> <talking for a laughs> to be 24 again. And like, <laughs> I know. Oh. I think sometimes like, like we like long for days like in the past, but at the same time, I'm like, I would not go back to that age. I definitely would not. I was or I would like to go back to that age at the age I am now. now. Yes. Yeah. Now. Exactly. I, I would, I mean, I think I would pay a lot of money to go to a bar now. Yes. Like, yes. yes. Right now. I, yeah. I'll meet you. <laughs> I'll wear a mask. Yeah. It just um, won't be the same. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, so tell us. Okay, so tell us more about Inklings and like okay. you're in Target. So tell us more about Inklings, like what it is, because you've got all these fun characters. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we Kickstarter funded the first production of our first character, Ollie, which is the weird bird-looking, hot pink, hot orange one. Mm -hmm. And the whole vibe is that obviously we're kids of the '80s, and 
what we grew up with are, you know, weird and wacky, like Fraggle Rock and stuff like that. So we really wanted to make something that was kind of of that vibe and that obviously nostalgia and all that stuff. So the other part of it was Evie was born and everybody's giving me gifts and all every teddy bear is gray or neutral or beige. And that's not who we are. Uh, my husband and I, we're not like that. So like, that's kind of boring. And then obviously all the influencers and stuff like that are like the perfect nurseries that are all white with like the folded blanket. (laughs) This is not real life. I got clear bins stacked in the corner of like all sorts of stuff. Like, what is this? So the whole vibe was like, we obviously don't want to, we can't be that. We aren't that. So let's, let's switch it up. Bless you. My dog just sneezed. Hold on. Come on, Stu. So the whole point was to be different. So that's what we did. So the characters are super colorful and wacky and each baby in each board book is a different baby of a different race, gender, and family dynamics. So Evie obviously is based on our daughter. And then um, Billy and Wabi is the second book. Billy is an, uh, an African-American boy and he's on a road trip with his, with his family. And then Sophia uh, is at the beach with her two dads. So one of the book in the book, it shows a picture of two dad, like hairy dad legs, which it's funny. But um, so the point is that <laughs> the whole point of this is that obviously it's a baby book and you're, you know, you're reading it. I mean, I still re- obviously read books to Evie. She's three and a half. Um, so it's, we kind of gauge it a little bit to like four-ish or depending on when they can start reading on their own. But the point is that it's almost like through osmosis that you're, the kids are kind of seeing that what's normal and expecting it and not questioning so that that's the whole point and it was like I had said that to somebody at Toy Fair like one of the big baby reps and they were like this is a little intense I'm like it's not though because like if your kids grows up seeing think people are different shades of all kinds and that people have different family dynamics you know it'll be easier when they actually have to learn to understand it so that that's kind of the super heavy underlying uh, theme of what we do but otherwise the toys are a super colorful super uh super activities so we have like the crinkles and we have the rattle and all sorts of different textures so we're we're trying to hit all different kind of points but yeah it's just we just want something that stands for something and that's that's different so Mm -hmm. well it is and it's it's so cute we have i think two ollies in our house (laughs) that make frequent appearances but it's true and i i love it because they are so different I mean just from the toy perspective yeah like like they they look so different from all of the other stuffed animals and we have approximately 4,000 of them yeah they they really do stand out you know I don't think I'd ever heard you speak about like the underlying kind of like philosophy behind that and I but I think that's so important especially now yeah and again, it, the one of the people at Toy Fair was like, that's a little heavy. I'm like, no, I get it. It is heavy. But if we're going to build a brand, we want to stand for something. And I see I see there's a, an opportunity, obviously, in avoiding this. And that was in 2018. I mean, look where we are now, mm-hmm. just how important it is to have these conversations with our kids. And also, you know, I look about us. Like, I grew up in Wayne, New Jersey. They called it White Wayne. I did not have diversity in my life whatsoever I until I went to Philly. Then I was like, oh, you know, obviously – here we are. This is a city. Mm-hmm. So, but I was lucky because my parents were, they raised us that everyone was created equal. And nobody told racist jokes ever. Like we just, that was not okay. So we were raised that way. So it was great. We lucked out, but Evie, luckily, you know, as we continue on, she's, she's just got built in diversity. My brother-in-law and nephew are African-American. My other brother-in-law is half Irish, half Filipino. We have 
lumpia at every Thanksgiving and, you know, holiday. Like, she's just so much more exposed to what she needs to be exposed to so that she won't ask inappropriate questions. You know, she won't ask why someone looks different than us. Right now, she is on a what color are your eyes kick. I don't know why, but she's <laughs> sort of the thing that she's doing right now. Um, it's uh, It's like strangers still ask what their eye color is, but that's like, okay, fine. But yeah, so the point is like, I want to make it as easy as possible so that we're raising good kids. And if we can do that with subliminally or through osmosis or whatever it is, then why not? You know, like, yes, we can learn colors in books and we can learn numbers or whatever, but like, this is just an easy way to be like, Sophia and her two dads were at the beach, you know, like, that's fine. Like, why would we ever think that was a weird thing to ask? Mm -hmm. That's kind of you know, that's where we are. We'll see. We'll see no, how it pans it's, out. It's just normalizing the conversations too, because as kids, like kids might ask those questions. And I think it's like our responsibility as adults to make the answers not taboo, right? Like as yeah. opposed to, I think like us growing up, it's like, we'd ask these questions and the answers would be like, oh, hush, hush, don't ask that question. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can't talk about this, right? Yeah. As opposed to being like, this is totally normal. There are people that look different from you. Like people have different lived experiences and just making it part of the conversation as opposed to something that just happens behind closed doors. But I want to kind of just like bring this full circle, mm-hmm. this in the interest of time and just say like, okay, so like you are now, like you are a business owner who has toys and books in Target, which like, <laughs> just like, hello. I know that like for, and it's funny because like you're looking probably at where you want to go and this is just like one step on the ladder, Right. But like, just looking back, if you were talking to the person, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, right? Like maybe they have kids, maybe they don't. And they're like, looking at you as, oh my God, that I got to get out of where I am. That looks amazing. That's what I want. Like what, I guess I was like, what's like piece of advice would you give to someone who's like sitting in that office, you know, not getting their period? (laughs) Yeah. I know I really started this out with a lot of TMI information in the beginning, but it really jump-started my whole journey here. Um, But I mean, to them, I would say like, you have, you, you have to listen to yourself. And if you, no matter what, and you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm really burnt out and I don't want to make another black leather handbag. And one day, and I just made this choice. It was years of thinking this way. And that's what you and I, you know, we had talked about when we were living in the city. It was like, there's gotta be something more to this. So it was years of this kind of in the back of my head, getting frustrated at work, even though it's the same thing every day. I don't know why today bothered me so much. So it's really kind of listening to yourself because after a while, like you're, you're just going to give up. Like your, yourself is going to give up on telling you like, this isn't, this isn't working. So it's really just listening to yourself and then allowing yourself this space to, to dream about it, to say, well, what if, right? What if I quit my job? And what if I open my own retail shop and, you know, they, we have a coffee shop inside, we have this, that, whatever. Like Chris and I dream about that kind of stuff all the time because it can't happen if you don't think about it. So it's just like that. It's almost like play pretend, right? What if, what if my life looked like that? What would it be? So it's just, you're not crazy and you're not, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe most people probably think I'm crazy, but you know, you're not crazy. You're just dreaming and that's okay. And it's okay. It's okay to, to not be okay with where you are right now. And it's okay to think about what if. And so that's kind of, I guess what my advice would be because I pushed it, you know, I pushed it down for so long and then it just, it it exploded. But I would say that. And then the other thing is (laughs) we did last year, Lex and I did the 
Hope New Jersey Moms Baby Show, which was in a baby expo, which was in Jersey City or Hoboken. You know, we're there. We have a little table. Everybody's like trying to win a stroller. Like nobody cares. And this. <laughs> Grandma came by our booth, and she's like, these are great. I'm getting this for my grandkids. I said, okay, great. Thank you so much. I said, you know, we're just, like, brand new. And she goes, you know, we're, you know, hopefully some, you know, we'll get some more orders, and we'll make this a business. And she goes, why not you? She's like, it's going to be somebody. Why not you? And I said, why not us? So Lex and I, whenever we're having, like, a moment, <laughs> we look at each other, we're like, well, why not us? Like, why can't it be us? Why can't we be the ones that... Like, why does it have to be somebody else that this, you know, who knows that it's more experience or money or whatever it is? Like, why not us? So I, every time I kind of get down on ourselves, we say that to each other. Like, why not us? So yeah. what if and why not us, I would say, are the, those two things that I kind of think about. It's, I love it. It's so yeah. true. Because, yeah, why not? Why it's, not? It's easy to, like, this is, like, where the compare and despair comes in, right? You look at everybody else and you're like, they have it. It's easier for them. They're smarter than blah, 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 blah. But, like, that's just it's toxic way of thinking. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's perfect. Yeah. And, and not to say that it's not hard, not to say there isn't crazy highs and lows and, you know, me finding a warehouse to take our goods, like, (laughs) you know, trying to figure this out so that we could get our target order. And oh my God, toy insurance is bananas. Like how much it costs. And like, there were so many things. And like right now, yes, we're in target and it's exciting, but we need to sell through because this is, a huge opportunity for us to potentially get in line. So it's like, everybody says, you must be so exciting. And I'm like, yeah, except I'm, I'm just like every day hoping that our sales are up. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you can't enjoy it. Cause you're, you're like, just hope it's all hinges on the next thing and the next thing. So, mm-hmm. but that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's life. That's entrepreneurship it is very high. It is very low, you know, so you just, I have to try and find my core, my stable, like stable. Right. Well, it's a day to day thing too. <laughs> And I think it's, it's also to knowing that like, it's all part of the journey, but also remembering that the job title or entrepreneurial container, so to speak, like, isn't the thing that will like make you happy and solve all your problems. Right. It's kind of like all the stuff that happens in the middle. Right. Like that's kind of, I think like what I have these conversations a lot where it's like, there's no there there. Right. Because once you get to the place you think you're going, that's going to make you happy, then it's like, yeah. there's a yeah. whole nother host of things yeah. you're going to be worried about. But I think that's can be refreshing when you remember, oh, right. It's not the thing that's going to make me happy. Right. But it's kind yeah. of like the whole, the whole process along the way. Yeah. And it's finding like your center. And so right. I don't get too high too low, but that I can also acknowledge like, yeah, we just launched in target. Like this is right. crazy. Right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. This is nuts. You this know, so and like whatever happens like you know we did our best and we're trying you know like it is what it is and right so yeah we hope for the best and obviously we're going to keep going but yeah there's stuff there's stuff you can't control but you just gotta acknowledge and and enjoy it in the moment and see it brings you easier easier said than done but yes yeah well amy thank you so much oh before i forget (laughs) where can people find inklings where can they buy you in target Okay. Ollie and Wabi, our first two characters, are on in the infant baby aisle, usually, depending on the store, on an end cap. So there's like a hot holiday top toy end cap. You got uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeers on there, Wub and Ub, a bunch of different things. And so we are um, on there, two characters in a box set. And then also, obviously, online, all three characters. Gus is our third character, and he's also available online. So you can go there through the end of the holidays, and then next year, we'll see. Awesome. Great. And mm-hmm. you, anything on social media? Should they follow you anywhere? 
I mean, they're more than welcome to follow us on Inklings Baby <laughs> at Inklings Baby on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think that's all we're at. I tried Pinterest. I was like, this doesn't, this is silly. What am I doing with that? <laughs> let's just, so yeah, let's just focus. So yeah, Instagram and Facebook uh, at Inklings Baby. Awesome. Well, mm-hmm. Amy, this is so fun. <laughs> I'm sure it was like the most tangent, like you, you did a good job trying to corral me back. No, <laughs> this, is, this is like, I mean, it's just like real life conversation. So uh, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. It was really fun. Awesome. Well, it was great to catch up and uh, thanks so much, Catherine. Yes. <laughs> did you like this episode? If so, please leave a review. That helps get the podcast into the ears of more people who might also like to hear it. I'd also love to hear what you think. Come connect with me on Instagram at cat.ferg. Send me a message and tell me your favorite part of the show. I'd love to meet you.